Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another edition of Pot of Gold. I'm Fernando Ramirez, uh, Mike B, and Tom Noe again with us. Hello. Uh, how are you doing, Tom? Awesome. How are you doing? You can pronounce Noe, but you can't pronounce my name? Berardino. Berardino. Oh, okay. No, I can do it's it, but stereo, last, time you, last time you said, just call me Mike B, so I, I, I left it at Mike I, B. I, I, so, I forget, so I <laughs> but uh, definitely uh, over the weekend, Saturday, we were at the uh, 93rd Annual Blue and Gold Game. Uh, game in quotes. Game in quotes. Game in quotes, baby. Uh, game in quotes. But, Mike, what was, uh, let, let's just, what was one of your biggest uh, takeaways from, um, from these guys being back on the field and, and kind of getting getting going a little bit. I mean, I know obviously this is a big break between now and when they get back onto the field, but uh, kind of what was one of your takeaways from uh, from Saturday? Well, uh, one of the things, the thing I wrote about um, at IndieInsider.com was about it was going to be a final exam kind of or a, a midterm, let's say, on the idea of fundamentals and sound tackling and the, the types of things that Al Golden as new defensive coordinator has been just pounding into their heads in every drill, every moment there to make sure that, uh, that they wrap up, that they, that they do their run fits as they say, and that, uh, that there's not any too, too many breakdowns. And there, even though Jadarian price had that long uh, catch and run in the second half, which again was kind of almost unfolded at half speed. It seems kind of a weird play uh, in general. Um, there were rushing yards were hard to come by. Uh, it seemed like people were in the right places. Um, there was, uh, there was some thudding and some take, you know, nobody, there were a couple of small injuries, unfortunately, but uh, it wasn't because of, you know, too much aggression, no, but no headshots or anything. But, uh, that was kind of the takeaway for me was that, um, you know, as much as we could determine from something that was really just a, a glorified scrimmage with the band, um, it was uh, a good indicator that those guys are, have, have been paying attention and that this is a team uh, that was excellent in tackling last year, top five in the, in the country, except in two occasions. The two big exceptions were that Florida State game in the opener where they hadn't been tackling really for months, and then the bowl game uh, where the second half was a nightmare for the defense. So uh, at Ohio State September 3rd, Gonna have to wrap up. <laughs> well, uh, Pot of Gold is uh, live from the Stock Room East in South Bend. Mister Noe, what was one of your takeaways from uh, from Saturday? Marcus Freeman walked out of the the post game interview room at three forty in the afternoon, and I think by three forty two, he and Chancey Stuckey are in the in the transfer portal trying to find a wide receiver because as as we knew this was going to be rough. All right, we knew it was going to be a little thin with Avery Davis out, with Joe Wilkins out, very thin at the position. It looked thinner. But, man, you've got to find somebody that you can go to. Like like Drew Pine, Drew Pine struggled Saturday to get in a rhythm, to take care of the football. But he also struggled because it, it was almost like they just threw the quarterback and the wide receivers all together three hours prior. Like, he has no rhythm, and he has no relationship. And he just has no tr- – there's just no seemingly no trust with one guy 
other than 87, which is Michael Mayer. Like, you can throw the ball to Michael Mayer. Okay, he's going to go make a play. But you've got to have something. You've got to have some sort of better relationship on the outside with that receiving core. And, and, and as thin as we thought it was going to be, man, Saturday it was even thinner. And you just cannot you, – you're, you're not going to win – double-digit games, you're not going to go to a college football playoff game with the receiver rotation being what it is at this current point. And you know what, uh, Mike, Mike and I were talking after the game, and and we thought that there could have been a lot more sacks because of how mm-hmm. long Drew was holding it because he just couldn't find anybody open. So it definitely is a cause for concern uh, when you see kind of what these guys are uh, what these guys are hoping this season is. I mean, I wrote about how I think the defense is going to be the, mm-hmm. the backbone of this team. And you could see it. The defense was spread out. They had a couple of players on one side, a couple of players on the other. But what was crazy was they were getting penetration on both sides with their defensive linemen. Linebackers were playing well. Um, there was two interceptions. Uh, it should have been three, but obviously there was a there was an offsides call. But uh, but definitely the defense is is in a good spot. I feel like once they all come together, once they get healthy, I feel like the defense is going to be a uh, is going to be the the blueprint for this. But now it's What's what's the offense going to be? And that's like you said. Now JT JT Daniels is not out there anymore. He's with West Virginia. There's no quarterback that they could go out and get if they wanted to go out and get one. Now you have to look at receiver defense strong offensive line. I know they mix and oh, yeah. match, but they'll be a, they'll yeah. be a strength of this unit, of course. The wide receivers, maybe even to the running backs to an extent, and then also. Drew Pine, yeah. Tyler Buckner better not be stumbling down any stairs the week before the the, the game <laughs> against Ohio, Ohio State. State. So there there is there is strength in the defense. There is strength in the offensive line. But some of the other skill positions, man, this this team's going to need a little work between now and September third. His name wasn't mentioned in the post game, but you read between the lines when Marcus talked about how receivers in general you. The offense has to help the quarterback. Uh, Tobias Merriweather, watching from uh, home back in Portland, Oregon area, uh, kind of loomed over that that game. He'll be here in June, and he's going to get a chance right out of the gate, a four-star receiver, uh, to be an impact player potentially when you look at the uh, the modest totals, to say the least. And, and again, part of it was you didn't have your starting quarterback uh, likely out there on the field, but um, you know, not the best of days for Deion Colsey. Uh, two catches for eight yards, hard for him to get separation. Not the best day for Braden Lindsay, who's been one of the, the poster uh, guys for this, this spring in terms of the extra uh, workload they put on him, two catches, 33 yards. Um, Jaden Thomas was Jayden the best Thomas. receiver, I guess, on the field four, with four, four for catches. 39. Yeah. yeah, four for 39, and again, physical big downfield black. Connor Radigan. The biggest, doc, oh, yeah, the, the biggest big play guy. When the biggest big play guy is Connor Radigan. Yeah. No offense to Connor. Went yeah. to school right up the street here. Yeah. South Bend guy. But you've got to get more out of that wide receiver position than what we saw. Even, just, even, even if Tyler Buckner's hurt and Drew Pine is the quarterback for the entire spring game, you've got to come out of there thinking, okay, I like this about this group, it's hard to find that right now. The other uh, guy who didn't play who has to be factored in heavily, and this is uh, in a different way, is Cam Hart. Your best shutdown corner, your best chance to have a shutdown corner was watching from the side, precautionary. Um, And so if they couldn't get separation on on Bracey, on Jaden Mickey's going to be really good, but he's just gotten here. He's a freshman. Um, And... Clarence Lewis, who can be up and down, that's that's all going to be factored in. And of course, those were that's just what we saw. We don't know what kind of 
struggles those wide receivers had in the, the spring uh, practices that were closed to the media, which was the vast majority of them. So uh, I, I'm with Tom. I think you're going to see uh, at least one uh, transfer portal uh, acquisition. Uh, who that's going to be? <laughs> I, I, right. I, we don't have it yet. They have till May 1st to get on that list and then and then be eligible immediately. Um, and uh, that turnaround, they they found they plugged a hole quickly with the Harvard guy in the middle on that defensive line um, when they had the uh, the injury the ACL on the first day of practice. But um, I think that uh, they're going to have to move quickly. And Chancey Stuckey has uh, proven already that, uh, and proven from his time at Baylor, from his time at Clemson, that he knows how to uh, uh, get people excited about uh, working with him. Uh, and he's going to have a chance to do that uh, as a receiver's coach. And the easy part is saying they have to go get a receiver in the yeah. transfer portal. Yeah. The toughest part, and I don't think a lot of Notre Dame fans will, will understand this, is they have to find a, a, a fit academically. Like whoever they go out and get, it, where, wherever he was playing, if he's played only played uh, one year, two years, three years, doesn't matter. He has to almost mirror his academic progress, almost has to mirror what he would do at the University of Notre Dame. So that really shrinks the pool. There's, there are guys out there, it's going to be hard, but that's why the, the, those coaches do what they do when they make what they make because they're paid to go out and find the one or two guys that may fit this offense, this academic institution, this program, this everything. Yeah, no, and I mean, Notre Dame is known as they want leaders of men. They want guys who are going to put in as much work in the weight room and in the um, in the locker room as they do in the classroom and everything. So it is going to be interesting. Um, yeah, Mike? Well, I, to build on Tom's point um, – you know, who's really on the clock here in the next uh, few weeks? Well, it's probably the admissions people. Mm -hmm. They have to move quickly, and there's been some veiled references to it. You know, Brandon Joseph hit that transfer portal uh, from Northwestern uh, back in January, and it, and he described for us in January when yep. you were there that, um, you know, it, it's a minute-to-minute -minute proposition for a player of that ilk, an all, former All-American, uh, to – you don't you don't want to say I'm wait, I'm going to wait on the academics to come through over here when you've got Oregon et cetera Texas A and M is home school coming after him and so Notre Dame did expedite the admissions but it still wasn't it wasn't immediate it wasn't as uh, cut and dried as many other institutions can yeah. make it uh, they're going to have to uh, potentially to get that kind of that level of impact at receiver you know I'm not saying that you uh, look away from the obvious, but just process a little more quickly than you might for the typical student uh, who's not uh, athletically gifted. Yep. Uh, they're going to have, they're, they're behind in that, in that, whatever that race looks like around the country, transfer portal, um, you know, if you hit that portal at 9 a.m. on a Monday, can you get the whole deal done by two? Right. I don't, I think it happens, in, right, Tom? Yeah. It happens in, in hours it's it's yeah it is hours and it, if it's day it used to be days for notre dame and, and if you wait days that decreases the chances of you trying to get a receiver that can help this program in 22 when one of the things i mean and, and you guys know this i, I mean i covered the chargers for a couple of years and and their special teams got awful at times <laughs> and they would lose them games and like the Chargers would be one or two games away from uh the playoffs and they would lose two games because of special teams I didn't like from any aspect of what I saw from Notre Dame special teams this weekend. I thought it was, I didn't think it was good at all. I thought they had a lot of mistakes. They had misses. 
Punters um, aren't here yet. Well, yeah, no, no, the punters aren't here yet. Yeah, we'll, we'll but, eliminate I mean, the punting no, game. No, no, yeah, no, no. Return game okay. Because they still well, didn't return any I punts. I mean, yeah. no, well, the one that he tried to fair catch and he's tried, a baseball slide. And, mm-hmm. Salerno, yeah, very, so, yeah. or not, he's very uh, stable and steady. <laughs> That's his thing. Yeah. But it was windy. It was windy. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm just very saying, windy. the special teams, they have a lot of work to do, too, uh, from now until uh, August. Yeah. Too late to get a, another kicker out of the portal. <laughs> no, well, well you, you even Marcus was frustrated after the game and he's like things need like he literally goes things need to change or we need to get better. I mean, and then he like the paused. You're probably yeah. not going to get another Yeah, you're not getting no, another no, graduate. No, and no. and the thing with the kicking game is is when we were at the stadium a couple Saturday it may have been the previous Saturday or two Saturdays prior where we listened to Marcus Freeman and both the coordinators and Tommy Reese and Al Golden one of the first things Marcus Re- or Marcus Freeman said that day was he was disappointed in the kicking game. Yeah. So he had already set the groundwork to say, look, I'm not happy with the kicking game, particularly probably the field goal situation. He wasn't happy during the scrimmage, so he wanted to see something better on Saturday. They missed three field goals, so he obviously didn't see it. In fairness to the to uh, Groupie and uh, Brian, who are, who are just trying to follow Jonathan Doerr, who, who had two game winners last year, that op, they still have Milk Vincent with the long snapping. That's huge. You have your long snapper in place. But J, uh, Jay Bramblett was a tremendous was. holder. Saved him uh, in, famously against Virginia Tech on, on a snap that was rolled back there on a very uh, cold day, snowy day. Um, Jay Bramblett, not just an excellent punter now at LSU, um, closer to his Tuscaloosa home, but um, it was a really good holder. And they, the holder that they'll likely have, when I asked Vincent about that recently, what's it like working with kind of stand-in holders? You know, the true holder will probably be the, one of the punters, whoever wins that punting battle when they show up here, that there's a Harvard kid and then there's a very well-regarded punter, McPherson, coming in. So, you know, it could be uh, a la Bramblett starting from day one. So we have to factor that in when we, when we pound him. But it's certainly uh, you are well within your rights to question the special teams yep. in general uh, in on, at ndinsider.com. If, if we uh, if we just make excuses for everyone and everything, then it's <laughs> kind of boring, right? We don't yeah, exactly. Do that. But uh, it's, a, it's an area of concern. Uh, Lindsey was interesting. You know that he was down there as a, as a gunner. Uh, I don't know that we're going to see that in the regular season, but maybe we will. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that they added to his plate. Um, GPS uh, trackers, uh, even – being included uh, they he was pushed i like uh, marcus freeman's really good at um as, as you say tom kind of setting the bar laying the groundwork and just coming out with it and mm-hmm. he said uh, one of the things he learned about his team was that they like to be pushed and so after all this talk about being a partner and he i believe it that he wants to you know how can i help you and you got to earn their trust for sure it's not just the old school yeah. you know ream them out you know, grab them by the ear hole but they're going to be pushed they're going to be coached and there will be a level of expectation that there needs to be if you're going to talk about winning a national championship. And um, I don't think that he was fully satisfied with what he saw throughout the spring and certainly on, on Saturday in the blue-gold game and, and had a right to be dissatisfied with that. You, you don't get morose about it, but you certainly can't be uh, too uh, giddy with some of the things that happened there because um, you know, it was concerning. We've talked about a little bit about the, some of the negatives, but Tom, give me give me give me one positive of uh, from Saturday that that you noticed. Uh, it, the game didn't count. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it's so hard, though. No, I, mean, I know. It, it's I know. so hard to, to to go into that game and say I like this because 
We didn't see Tyler Buckner. We didn't see J.D. Burchine. We didn't see Cam Hart. We didn't see Jared Patterson. So it's hard to piece together something. You know, you can you can state the obvious and say, you know, Michael Mayer looked like Michael Mayer. Jadarian Price, as a freshman, is going to have a role on this football team. But it's it's hard to, to, to look at that and, and bring out so many positives because, number one, there's so many people missing. And number two, it's... It's really like they get it. They got after it more in the scrimmages and the practices that we didn't see than what they did on Saturday. It's so watered down. They don't want to get, show anything that that may tip Ohio State off to. This is what they want to do. Like eh, that's why they moved everybody around on the offensive line. That's why they mix and match the teams. That's why they didn't they didn't return punts or didn't return any kickoffs. Like they're going to save that stuff to, to, until September is. What, so, like, the one positive, spring's over, they know what they need to work on, and they know what's ahead of them. Like, it's not going to come out of – they're not going to all of a sudden wake up in June when they get back here for summer school and be like, whoa, wait, we're playing Ohio State on September 3rd? How did that happen? <laughs> so, and I mean, now they know what they need to work on. They're, they, they feel they're in a good place. The program the, – the players feel like they're in a good place. The, the assistant coaches, the staff. Marcus Freeman even said in his postgame said – this program has a lot of momentum, so now let's carry this momentum through summer, preseason camp, into August, into September, and into Columbus, Ohio. Mike, all kinds of positives. I'm Mr. Positive. You are. I'm not. I'm not Mr. Positive. We make, yeah, we got to make up for this. Uh, you know, Jordan Botello uh, is a playmaker, and um, he had one of the interceptions. And uh, very athletic, is going to factor. Anytime he's on the field, you're going to have to account for him. Or what his role will be remains to be seen. Uh, but I think it's going to grow as the season moves on. And he proves that he can avoid the penalty. That was one of the things that was yeah. brought up again. This is a guy <laughs> who plays with a lot of passion, goes beyond the line, goes past that line, that red zone of, of, of behavior, and he's going to have to rein it in. But that's a fine line because he, he's a hair-on-fire kind of player. Uh, Maris Leofau, healthy, made it through the spring, coming off very serious surgery that ended his year last year, just as he had had a huge fall camp. And he's a playmaker as well, and a guy who's going to be very hard to get off the field this year. Um, and so those are positive. Ryan Barnes, six solo tackles. That's a guy who's flashed in the few times that we've been in there at cornerback. I think Ryan Barnes uh, is trending well here. Um, and, of course, Jaden Mickey who every time he's out there uh, seems to get involved, uh, nearly had a pick six the other day. Um, and his re- I loved his reaction to yeah. it. Yeah. Because he was should have had it. it. Yeah. Should have had should've. it. The whole stadium knew it. But he wasn't afraid to grab his helmet, jump up, great yeah. shot of him, you know, showing the hops. Yeah. He, he's he is, he's a, he's a early enrollee going on his junior year, it yeah. feels like. So that's a guy we're going to have to watch. And so it, what does that do? It makes a guy like Clarence Lewis have to push – even more to make up for not just the Fiesta Bowl, but but this competition. It's your competition is yeah. good. You want to have that, uh, and Cam Hart being healthy. That'll be that'll be big. He'll be fine. Um, they've got pieces, of yeah. course. So they they have the pieces. Um, so we don't overreact to a to a spring game. But um, you know th- that's what we're paid to do. What I uh, what I noticed was the way they were using Brandon Joseph, the transfer from Northwestern. And I don't know I don't know what it is about his game, but I guess like safety is kind of fascinate me in a sense like I love watching them play just because I feel like they're they're the quarterback of the defense they kind of know where everything's going and the way the Notre Dame used them was they used them at punt return kickoff return they had them in the slot at times and they had them at uh at strong safety 
and you're kind of looking at him and and I feel like that's what he's going to do this year. He might be an all purpose like be at different places. I don't know about the pun, the kickoff. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't I think that that would be too much. But on the defensive side, I think we're going to see him play in different roles. And I'm really interested to see kind of how he elevates his game because he said, I mean, he feels like he's a first-round draft pick. He can get back to that All-American status. He feels like he can get back to being what he was his, uh, his sophomore year. So um, so definitely I know he's here to to make a name for himself and to show teams that he is going to be the next play, the next big defensive player out of Notre Dame. And I really do think that – uh, he settled in really well. He's made some plays when we've seen him uh, during practice. So I'm really interested to see kind of how he takes his game to the next level here with uh, with Notre Dame. I like that he enjoys speaking with the media. And, uh, yeah. and, and that's always a bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, he's a big awesome. bonus. Is, yeah, no, he's it's, awesome. Dude but paragraphs and it's one bold <laughs> pronouncement yeah. after another. So exactly. I by the way, don't sit on any good stuff with him because he is just. It feels like one, yeah. you know, one year passing through on the way. Yeah. To the NFL, yeah. where he's got his buddy like Greg Newsom up there, but uh, no, he and he's highly motivated to yeah. make the most. Yeah, players. so that was a that was a significant um, transfer get, and uh, they need one or two more. Again, pot of gold is uh, at the stock room in East and South Bend. So great being here, getting a chat with uh, with the guys. Before I let you guys go, we have to go. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, don't we have to. To let them know. That we're writers too. Right? Oh yeah, That's of what course. This is about. Yeah. And we certainly <laughs> hope that everybody's checking out our stuff, even Tom's stuff, especially Andy Insider. Yes, sir. Insider.com. And what does that cost per month? Four ninety nine. Four ninety nine a month, and then that gets you access. I am told to the entire range of Gannett owned newspapers, largest uh, chain in the country, two hundred and sixty five papers total. You get all boom right in there with that, and of course Gannett Sports Plus. Just gets bigger and bigger out there, so it doesn't even have to be just for our stuff. Although we certainly hope you go right there at ndinsider.com. So, yeah, we'd love to have you. We're going to be doing this uh, regularly. Pot of gold. See, I, I couldn't have done. Name. I couldn't have done that promo. That was a really good promo. I couldn't I, have done I, that. That was a good one. Oh, I appreciate you saying no, that. No, that's what I'm he saying. He practiced it all night. <laughs> I did. In yes. front of the mirror. He did. It'll never happen again. <laughs> he, he was on his laptop when we walked in here. I'm like, what are you, what are you yeah. doing over there? He's working no, on the promo. That, that was a slick one. Like, he went right to no, no second takes, nothing. That's That was all on the first take. This so. is this is a one-take podcast. It is. It is. Uh, you got to yep. see your – you'll learn. One take, that's it. Boom. <laughs> Knock it out. And, uh, and that's all I have to say about that. Well, before uh, before obviously (laughs) I let you guys go, the draft is Thursday. Kyle Hamilton is the big, uh, the big, um, the headliner for Notre Dame. So I'm going to ask Mike first. Where do you think he land? What? Where do you think he lands? Oh, and. Who, yeah, who's well, got, you know who's, what, yeah. who's got your mock okay, draft? Okay, okay. What's, the best, what's, the, what's, the, what's the best? What's the best? What's the best? What's the best landing spot for him? What do you think? Well, he did. I mean, I I'd like to preface this by saying I am not uh, here to play uh, Mel Kiper or any other <laughs> draft Nick. Uh, it seems to be hey, it's fun. I, I've been put on the spot for that. Um, I'll just say this: if you're a general manager or an owner who Passes on Kyle Hamilton at any point in this draft. I'm not saying he's the best, but I don't know. I'm not. I'm yeah. not. I don't have the scouts' eyes for this. But having seen what he could do here, and the way his coaches and teammates continue to talk about him, even after he only played half of the season last year, he was a unanimous All-American, having played half of a season. Um, you, you'd, you're going to have 
some sleepless nights, perhaps, going forward as you wonder if you passed on a future whatever. All pro, pro bowler, that seems to be the low end of it. Mm-hmm. This guy's a game changer. You know, we're, we're, we've seen it. And uh, he does have an injury history. The ankle had to be surgically repaired. The knee didn't respond to the platelet-rich plasma. Uh, they couldn't get him back on the field. These are concerns. He's not as fast. He's not a blazer. Some people have said maybe he puts on 20 more pounds and moves down in the box, and he's just a ferocious linebacker type, a hybrid, a, a, a Justin Simmons type. I don't know. I'd keep him at safety. You've got a safety fetish, it sounds like. I, I, would, I, would, I would leave him at safety and let him show that velociraptor yeah. range and the long limbs and everything. If you pass on Kyle Hamilton anywhere outside of the top five, especially, you're, you're going to have to you're going to have to answer for that someday potentially. That this, was a good media answer. This this is in my wheelhouse because before we walked in here, you mentioned the Chargers. It may, he may fall all the way to seventeen. That's what some people to the are, Chargers. Some people have. Uh, I think. I think some mock drafts I've seen him fall down to that area, and you're kind of like, whoa. A month ago, before his pro day, he was. Uh, he was at the at like third, even yeah. talked about second. Yeah, second. second Somebody overall. was they were saying second yeah. overall. So, so now all of a sudden he might fall to seventeenth. I'll, I'll I'll put my men's bet Notre Dame men's basketball hat on because as and I've mentioned this comparison. This with is you. football. This is just it's. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep rolling. We'll just keep rolling. When Notre Dame goes, Notre Dame goes fifteen and five in the ACC, most wins ever for Notre Dame in the Atlantic Coast Conference. But all we heard as Selection Sunday drew near was the ACC's underrated. They're, they're, they're not that good. The ACC stinks. The ACC's down. Why should Notre Dame be in the NCAA tournament? Should Notre Dame be in the NCAA tournament? As we kept going day by day by day, and then Notre Dame loses in the first round of the conference tournament to Virginia Tech, all the noise, and I mean, you can, you can talk yourself into anything. And people talk themselves into saying Notre Dame does not deserve to be in the NCAA tournament. If if anything, they should go to the first four. Well, look what happens. Notre Dame wins the first four game. They win a first-round game out in San Diego. And they really should have won a second-round game and should have gone to the, the Sweet 16, all except for maybe two possessions here or two possessions there against Texas Tech. So you can convince yourself of anything. I think that's now what I draw that now, to the parallel to the NFL, where Everybody wants to make a big deal about Kyle Hamilton's 40 time. He didn't do this. He ran slow. He's that. Maybe he's not a top two pick. Maybe he's not a top 10 pick. Now they're saying maybe he's not a top 15 pick. As it's, it, we've gotten a lot, like if the draft was another month from now, people would say Kyle Hamilton's not a first round pick. Yeah. Like look at his 40 time. Convince me that he's not a first round pick. It, maybe he's a second round pick. So it's, it's just, it's, it's paralysis by analysis. Like, people look at the 40 time. Look at some of the game tape. I was there that night, Labor Day Sunday night, when he came all the way across the field and made that interception. There may have been three guys in the country that could make that play. He made it. Those are the type of plays that he's going to make on a consistent basis and right away. Like, the first time Kyle Hamilton was ever on a football field at the University of Notre Dame at Culver, what did he do? He had three interceptions on his first afternoon as a, as a Notre Dame football player. So he's going to make plays. He's going to make all pro type of plays. And for, if, if he's a guy that's going to fall after the 10th pick, there are a lot of teams making a really big mistake on Kyle Hamilton because yeah. he's a top 10 pick, he's an all pro, and he's a decade-long pro in the NFL. The one the 
gut feel I might have on that is, yeah, as he starts to fall, somebody's going to trade up mm -hmm. and get him because uh, there will be an opportunity. And too much time is spent on thinking about the worst-case scenario right. and not enough about the ceiling. And the ceiling, obviously, for this guy is, is stratospheric. They're doing the same thing with the number one pick, uh, Trayvon Walker from Georgia. Georgia was loaded, obviously, yeah. especially on the defensive side. But this guy had very little production in college. It's all about the testing for him. And Aiden Hutchinson was all about testing and production, the Michigan guy. And if, if whoever passes on Hutchinson is going to is gonna be wondering for years to come, you know, if that's – those are franchise – those are the kind of moves that get you fired. Yep. Yeah. You know, and – uh there, there will be some of those mistakes made, and, yeah. and it could involve Hamilton. Yeah, no, and it's happened before. I mean, like I told you guys in 2018 when uh, when I was out covering the Chargers, I mean, Derwin James, Florida State, mm -hmm. everybody thought, even Jalen Ramsey said, this guy is the best player in the draft. Obviously, he's his little brother in a sense, so he was going to say that, but Derwin falls all the way to, to 18th into the lap of the Chargers. Chargers draft him, and he's been an all-pro. He's had injury here and there, but he's really been a great safety, so maybe that's going to be a nice scenario for, for Kyle, but he just has to make do with wherever he goes. I think Washington would be a good spot for him with River Riverboat Ron, his defense, the way their defense is kind of stacked. I feel like he could do well there, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens on draft day but like you said tom it's draft day like people are just playing and they're in their heads right now yep. nobody really knows so it's definitely going to be interesting but um what will but we will um we will have all your uh all the stuff all the draft coverage uh from all the notre dame players on nd insider uh check it out we will have more stuff and and uh and honestly this was a, another fun podcast with you guys this is can we like, do it again? Yeah, no, definitely. You know we're going to do it again. Like, so. Yeah. <laughs> and like Mike said, ndinsider.com. Check it out, four ninety nine a month. Uh, we're more entertaining than Netflix is. We're more entertaining than any of those uh any of those streaming sites you guys have we're more we're more entertaining more fun come and read our stuff don't follow don't go us to, on twitter for free at the moment there's that yeah. you go to and, and, and we don't know how long that's gonna last yeah, so you better get right in there i think yeah i think jerome bettis first thing you did you know when we talked to him recently he's gonna <laughs> jump on there and follow us on twitter so we invite yeah. all of you at mike berardino good luck spelling that uh, <laughs> at, real, at, at real f ramirez at t noy ndi well, thank you guys so much. Again, we're uh, in the stock room, East and South Bend. A lot of fun uh, jumping on the podcast with you guys. And and definitely uh, let's, let's have a good uh, draft weekend and see what else is to come. Thank you guys so much for joining us.